veteran, 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 gamers, gamers, veteran, 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 gamers, gamers, the veteran gamers interview. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Veteran Gamers Interview. And uh, today I'm joined by David Johnson from Smudge Cat Games. Hello. So how are you, David? Uh, yes, very well, thank you. Uh, enjoying the tennis at the moment. When are we you, just starting? Oh, you're a tennis fan, are you? Uh, a little bit. I don't mind. Andy Murray's there. You know, it gives you something to uh, someone to actually root for. Oh, there you go. You've but, been uh, watching I'm, the football. Uh, I was watching the football. I did follow England's uh, progress, despite being Scottish. My my son's English, um, so it gave me a little bit of an uh, excuse to, to actually root for them. Um, so, yeah, I, uh, I was watching the, the football. Oh, let's, let's hope they do better next time, I guess. It's too late now. That's the, uh, that's the normal response every, yeah, every couple of years, whether it's Euro World Cup, maybe next time. <laughs> So, as is traditional when I do interviews, and I always ask this question, and people think it's a silly question, but I always ask it. Uh, what's your favourite biscuit? What's my favourite biscuit? Yeah. Well, oh, that's a tricky one. I, I wasn't prepared for this. Um, there's so many choices. Uh, I'd, I'd probably have to go for a standard Kit Kat. I like, my, I like my chocolatey uh, biscuit. I don't like any of these sort of bourbon custard cream stuff. So, yeah, I would have to go for Kit Kat. Quite classic. Yeah. So, yeah. it's always special, so you can get loads of them. So do you, um, do you go for the four finger or the chunky? Uh, I got, to be honest, I normally go for the uh, the supermarket packs. You know, they've got the loads of packs with the, the two fingers, but you right. get like about a dozen of them in a pack or 24 because they're always on special and you can eat, you know, as many of them as you like. So is that your munchie of choice when making games then, is it? Uh, yeah, I would guess so. Yeah, I suppose that's normally what I would uh, chomp on. I mean, I, I'd have, I'm quite a fan of the biscuit, so I, I'll have uh, many different types. But yeah, Kit Kats are always a good staple. You can't beat that. Um, to start off, I'd like to just go back a little bit and you know just ask you about how you got into game development and gaming in general. So how did it all start for you? Uh, well, I suppose I've been working on games for a long time. Um, it's hard to actually pin down when I really started. I remember getting my first thing published, I think when I was about 10 or 11, when they used to print these um, listings, code listings in magazines, which seems like a ridiculous idea now, but people would, yeah, sit at home and buy these magazines and type in the code uh, to actually get this game to play. Um, and a, a little game that I wrote ages ago um, got published in one of these magazines. A really simplistic little thing. Um, so what, so yeah, pla- I mean, what platform was that on? What that would have on? been that would have been the BBC Micro, I think. Although I think they did listings. I think they they had this sort of general listing, and you could adjust it so you could do it on the the Spectrum or the Commodore sixty four or uh, whatever else you had. But yeah, I think I was doing it on the BBC at that point. That's kind of what I started on, and then kind of moved on to the the Econ Archimedes, which probably most people don't really remember now. It wasn't a particular games machine. This was all really ages ago when I was at school. I mean, when I was at got to uni. I got um, the uh, Net Rosie, as it was at the time, this sort of PlayStation 1 home development kit, which was my first kind of big, proper game, I suppose, where I made time slip. Uh, so one with a, a sort of time travel mechanic where you would go back and encounter past versions of yourself. Was that actually published as a game, or was that just something that... Um, it was, um, yeah, I don't know if it's classed as published, but it appeared on the um, UK PlayStation magazine cover disc. I think what, one or two games every month got picked from the, uh, the sort of the pool of Eurosy games, and yeah, got published on this this disc, which was really cool at the time. I mean, I was at university, so you know, I was still 
waiting to get out into the, the world of work and everything. So to be able to have you know my game on this PlayStation One disc um, was, was pretty cool at the time. I think there was like a circulation of like a million copies or something, which seemed really cool. I meant when I was when I graduated as well, I could go into a, a sort of job and actually hand them over like a PlayStation disc. Uh, with with a game on it that I'd written, uh, which was really good for being able to get a job somewhere. What have you done since then? Then, so how have you sort of progressed into what you're doing now? I suppose. Um, well, I, when I when I graduated, I worked at Rare. That was kind of my my dream job. I sort of applied for loads of different places. I worked there and absolutely loathed it. Could not stand uh, working at Rare. Unfortunately, I wanted to do games, and they they threw me in. I got thrown in doing uh, like tool development for like, editing sprites and stuff, um, and didn't particularly enjoy it. It was really long hours. So I was only there for like a year, uh, and then left that thinking, right, that's it, games industry, I'm no longer interested anymore, and went and did like other stuff, um, completely non-games-related jobs. Um, but yeah, it was always kind of in the back of my mind. Like I thought, oh, yeah, I'd really like to get back into writing games again. So when the, um, this, the XNA framework that uh, Microsoft had done came up, I kind of thought, it sounds like, a really good idea because you could at the beginning they didn't say you were going to be able to release games on the xbox but you could kind of get the the feeling that that's where it was going to go uh, which is, is obviously what it's turned into with xbox live indie game i think i think a little bit i mean it was promoted that way wasn't it the first e3 when they showed x and a for the first time and the dishwasher as we always remember yeah, well, I mean, that was a little bit later. I mean, the actual XNA had been around for a little while uh, before then. Um, and the, yeah, so they, they hadn't actually sort of said in the beginning that, oh, you know, this will... They sort of said, oh, yeah, you, you can you can run games on the Xbox with this, but you need the Creators Club membership and all the account stuff. But yeah, you kind of thought, mm, it's, it's probably going to start releasing games for the Xbox and some kind of, you know, special channel. Um, but yeah, they wouldn't really commit to it in the very beginning. But yeah, I do remember uh, the dishwasher on the first uh, Dream Build play because I was there as well. I was in the uh, the top twenty games. Um, so yeah, I hate the dishwasher because he beat me to the uh, the top. Yeah. Five. <laughs> no, no, he was, he was a great guy actually. The guy that um, made the dishwasher. I met him at the um, the Game Fest conference, uh, and the dishwasher is a really good game. So um, I yeah, uh, I don't I don't bear any grudge. <laughs> no, obviously not. Of course not. But let's t- I mean let's talk about the games you've made sort of more recently. And the first one I want to have a little talk about is, is obviously The Adventures of Shuggy. Yeah. Which did release on the Xbox Live Arcade, didn't it? So that wasn't an indie... It is an indie game, I guess, but it wasn't released as, as an indie game. Yes, it's not in the, uh, the Xbox Live Indie Games channel. It was, yeah, it was released on Live Arcade, which was... It's almost exactly a year ago um, that, it, that it got released. Um, like, like I said, I did... I had worked on it. I started work on Shuggy at the beginning of 2007, um, and yeah, it got entered into the, the first Dream Build Play contest, which was, that, yeah, it must have been in 2007. But yeah, it didn't get a, a sort of top place. It got into the top 20, but didn't get one of the, uh, the sort of top slots that actually got a publishing deal. But yeah, I managed to find a publisher anyway, which was originally Sierra Online, run by Vivendi Games. But yeah. then Vivendi Games got taken over by Activision Blizzard. And they decided they weren't really interested in the whole Sierra Online part of things and everything got a bit canned and put on hold. So yeah, lots of ups and downs. Eventually found another publisher, uh, Valcon Games, and, and finally managed to release the game on XBLA. So how, um, did, how did you find that whole process? Is it difficult? Was it hard work getting through all of the certification and everything that went along with that? It was, yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a nightmare. Um, compared to doing stuff more recently, I mean, I released a game through Steam, which was basically like, oh, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, we'll let you release a game. But trying to, yeah, get something released on the Xbox was a complete trauma. Um, I mean, you can't, it's not the sort of thing you can really 
so, well, I mean, I suppose you can't self-publish on XBLA, but it does help to have the kind of publisher backing uh, behind you. But the, the certification was problem enough, but I had all these other issues with signing the contract that then got the, you know, the company getting taken over and then just getting put into a kind of weird limbo state because I had this deal with Sierra Online and then when the, the Activision Blizzard takeover uh, happened, they, I mean, they just didn't really care about me. So I was just a tiny little speck that was completely insignificant to them. So they, it just kind of got left hanging. I couldn't really speak to anyone. I had this contract, so I couldn't really approach any other publisher because technically I still had a deal with them. And I couldn't get them to say what they were actually going to do with it. So that was the most difficult thing than the uh, like certification. So how, how did you break those ties then? How did you... Uh, eventually, I managed to get through to someone, and they, they did say, I mean, it was basically like, yeah, finally managed to get through to someone, and then they just kind of said, yeah, we don't really care. They just sort of, yeah, terminate the contract and sort of walk away. I mean, it, it could have ended a lot worse, I guess, because when I, when I did have that first contract, I mean, I was working to milestones, a sort of traditional publisher agreement, you know, you've got to do certain stuff by a certain date. So, yeah, they paid all these milestones, and obviously this was all on the basis that the game was going to eventually get released one day, so I'm sort of thinking, oh, are they going to kick off you know and demand the milestone payments back and stuff but thankfully they just terminate the contract in the end when i finally got through to someone and say and just walked away so it could have been a lot worse i guess so how how long did the, did the development take of the adventures of shuggy then to the complete game from starting developing it's, it i mean it's really difficult to say let's say i started it at the beginning of 2007 uh, i wasn't working on it full time at that point it was like a hobby thing at that stage, um, until it got to the yeah, top 20 of the Dream Build Play competition, and then got released last year. So yeah, 2011, so I mean, it's four years. I mean, it didn't really take four years to develop. A lot of that was just kind of on and off time stuff going on with contracts and things like that. So yeah, it's really difficult to pin down how many you know like actual man hours I spent on the game. I mean, I, I think I probably could have managed to get the game. If I'd been working on it full time, uh, the game could have been done in like a year. But with, yeah, starting it as a hobbyist thing and all the uh, the ups and downs of publishers, it just dragged on and on. You do sound like you've been stung a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very frustrating. But yeah, these things happen, I guess, when you when you start trying to sort of get a game published and stuff. So let's let's move on to your most recent game, which is obviously Gateways. I've seen a lot of video on this, but unfortunately my computer doesn't like games too much. My graphics card is a little bit goosed. Uh, uh, yeah, games? so unfortunately, I haven't been able to play. It. I would love love to play it. I believe it's coming out on the Xbox Live Indie Games, hopefully as part of the Summer Uprising when yes. that happens this year, from what you've told me. So I'll I'll look forward to playing it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is available for PC now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, my original plan was to release it on Xbox Live Indie Games at the same time. But yeah, this sort of Summer Uprising thing. Um, seems like it could be quite a good idea so yeah i want to kind of get involved with that which unfortunately means having to delay the release of the game for a little while yeah i mean just to talk a little bit about gateways obviously you know having seen the gameplay and how it works uh, people are going to ask you where you got your ideas for the game <laughs> from well <laughs> i think everyone no no one really asks where i got the idea from it's pretty <laughs> yeah. clear where at least one of the <laughs> ideas because <came from. laughs> it's it's very clearly uh, inspired by portal um, yeah it's a sort of 2d version of portal that's kind of the where the uh sort of initial idea of the game came from i mean i suppose it stemmed from thinking how portal would work in two dimensions because obviously one of the cool things about portal is that you can you, know, you can find out the two portals and then you can actually peer through the portal 
see on the other side because I mean lots of games in the past have done you know you sort of teleport from one side of the map to the other which is basically all Portal does but yeah it was there's something about that being able to look through and then just walk through and be on the other side was really cool so yeah the initial idea was thinking how to do to do that in two dimensions um so yeah i came up with this kind of weird weird view which is really hard to explain i guess you really need to see it in a video but yeah sort of projects from where the the player is into the uh the portal um and you can sort of yeah see through into the other side so it's quite seamless when you actually walk through but you've also got obviously apart from being able to walk from one portal you've got all the powers available haven't you in this game to solve the puzzles yes yeah there's there's other things get introduced it is it does like you think takes you know uh, the stuff in portal a step further um it's set in a kind of like metroidvania style map so it's one big map um that you can explore and you can sort of acquire power-ups along the way first thing you find is the the standard as i call it the gateway gun that everyone else is probably going to call it the portal gun annoyingly and yeah then you then you acquire other stuff um you get some like simple objects which is like a torch that lets you sort of see in the darkness and a mirror that lets you deflect lasers but you get um other types of gateway gun as well you get one which lets you put down two gateways which are two different sizes so one is like uh, double the size of the other and when you look through, let's look through the the small one, uh, the, the view of the big one. Then you get this view of like a really small world. And as you you sort of walk through, you're basically kind of doubling in size um, right. as you walk through. Um, again, again, a lot of these are much easier to see in a video than explain. Yeah, I mean, can I ask you one? <laughs> I mean, obviously, when you're making a puzzle game, you know, like you've developed, how do how do you balance the difficulty of the puzzles and how do you work out the best way or the difficulty level so people get it, but they're also challenges at the same time? Yeah, it has been pretty tricky, particularly with gateways, because it is so complex, all the the, the different types of gateway guns. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the the first thing I did was work out the kind of the order that you should get the uh, the guns in. So, I mean, for example, there's there's one of the guns which lets you sort of shift gravity. So that yeah, if you've got if you've got two gateways down and you walk through, normally you would sort of if you had one in the ceiling and one in the the wall, you would walk through and then just fall down from the one in the, the ceiling. But this other gun basically shifts gravity as you walk through, so it it sort of looks as it looks on the other side is is how it is when you walk through. If you if you sort of see what I mean, so it doesn't yeah sort of shift round, so you drop down, it just sort of shifts gravity. So that one that type of gateway gun sort of basically lets you kind of get everywhere in the map really. So that one obviously has to come last. Right, because it, it would just make everything else so much easier. Um, so yeah, the other gate we got. Obviously, you have the sort of standard one would have to come first. Um, so yeah, yeah, but isn't there a time shift one as well? Where you the, yeah, the, there's another one which is the uh, the third type of gateway gun which you get, which again is really hard to explain, but but I shall try. If you put down one gateway, then you have to kind of once you place that first one down, you have to wait a certain amount of time. There's a, a little time bar appears at the top of the screen when you do this because then when you place the the second gateway down it actually connects up to the first one at the time the first one was placed so as soon as you place down that second gateway and then you can sort of look through it basically you see yourself on the other side having just placed that first gateway and you can then walk through and sort of encounter your past self and then you have to use that for various different puzzles so yeah your past self can stand in a switch to open the door uh, and then you're you can actually uh, walk through at that point. Obviously, there's a lot of these sorts of elements in the Adventures of Shuggy, isn't there? In, because each level has a different dynamic, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's clearly, yeah, some of, some of the things have kind of led on because, yeah, some of the levels in, 
Shuggy have the uh, this yeah time travel loop thing where you go back in time. That's the idea. You go back in time every thirty seconds, and yeah, you can see past versions of yourself, which you can use to solve puzzles. Yeah, standing switches and stuff. So yeah, some of the levels in Shuggy had different weird gravity as well, so you stuck to the side of the wall. So yeah, there, there is a lot of commonality between gateways and Shuggy. So how how have you gone about playtesting it, for instance? Who who do you get to play it for you? How do you get feedback? And then obviously you can tweak the difficulty of the puzzles, I guess. Is that how it works? Yeah, I mean, obviously I've come up with a... I've sort of designed the map. I had... I wrote out a whole load of uh, like different types of puzzles. Obviously, as I was coming up with the different types of gateway, I kind of thought, oh, that could be used for this type of puzzle. And like, yeah, I wrote it down on a little scrap of paper. Um, and then on those kind of built up how the overall map should look. Um, so yeah, I do a kind of first pass. And then one of them, the good things with Xbox Live Indie Games uh, is that people can put games up to play test. So yep. other, other people that are developing the Xbox Live Indie Games can download them and try them out and give other people feedback. So yeah, I mean, I used that quite a lot. I mean, I, I put a few versions of uh, Gateways up there and made some changes based on, based on that. Uh, I also released a uh, beta of the, the PC game uh, okay. about a month ago um, and got a lot of feedback from people about that people saying like oh I found that puzzle a bit tricky and seemed a bit strange and you know other yeah just kind of general feedback I thought okay right I'll shuffle around the map so the, the map has probably changed completely from the, the very first map that I came up with um, so yeah based on all these people's feedback so what's what's been the response like so far has it been, has it been good positive um, yeah, anything I've seen about the game, I think, I think most people kind of look at it and think that looks really confusing, which is a kind of worry of mine in the beginning. I kind of thought, well, maybe people won't be interested in this because it just looks too mind blowing. But yeah, I mean, stuff gets introduced gradually in the game, so hopefully that's not a problem. But most people have sort of said, oh yeah, it looks really interesting. I can't wait to uh, actually try it out. So it'll be interesting to to see what people think. I'm actually at the uh, the Res Game Show. Um, on the uh, the sixth and seventh of July, where it's been shown as part of the the left field showcase there, so it'll be interesting to to go along there and see how members of the public actually get on with the game. A little bit nervous about that, um, and see how it actually goes. Yeah, I guess it's a bit of an acid test, isn't it, when you go to a, a you know a games conference and let the general public at large have a go and, and get some instant feedback, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, it's it's interesting to see that. I mean, it's one thing releasing a beta of the game and sort of relying on people to email you but it, it's quite a different thing to actually stand beside someone and see them playing the game because you, you just notice so many things that you just think oh I wish I'd done that differently oh, I really need to change that and yeah it's it's quite an eye-opener uh, watching someone else play the game. So I mean you talked a little bit about obviously releasing it on Steam as well as the, the Xbox Live Indie games so you, you were saying the process for that is a lot easier what's the marketing like on that so do you think you get a lot more support from Steam than you would on the on the on the Xbox platform. Well, I certainly have. Uh, I mean, I guess it varies with people on Xbox Live Arcade, or well, doesn't really vary that much for people on indie games. Most people get fairly buried um, in indie games. But yeah, I mean, when the the game released on Steam, it's like on the Steam front page. You know, it's all games are there in the new releases as soon as they get released. So yeah, I mean, you do get uh, sort of quite decent um, coverage on Steam. Whereas it kind of feels like the Xbox at the moment is trying to bury games more and more into different menus. <laughs> this sort of recent redesign, it feels all about, oh, watch these movies and these TV shows. And, well, where's the games? What? Even Xbox Live Arcade games seem to be getting more and more. So what, what did you think of E3 then and the, the Microsoft conference then? 
Um, yeah, I did watch the uh, the uh, conferences. It's, it's quite interesting. I'm not sure about that. Um, uh, was it the smart glass? Is it? Yeah. Um, I mean, it seems like an interesting idea, but I just I'm not really sure if that's going to work in practice. I, do, I, I mean, I find the yeah the three conferences they're all tend to be quite samey. It's all the kind of yeah splinter cell and stuff like that and it's all you know run about shooting people with either guns or crossbows or whatever so yeah i wasn't massively inspired i quite like the uh, nintendo one i was pathetically excited about uh, pikmin 3 because i really loved the, the previous two games but um yeah not quite so sure about nintendo land yeah and the old wii u and the wii u uh, yeah i don't speed. know i mean is, is that something you would you look towards sort of developing bigger games and and more substantial releases or disc-based games? Is that something you'd ever want to get into or are you just happy being an indie developer? Yeah, I'm perfectly happy being an indie developer. I've got no great plans to kind of, yeah, make this, yeah, sort of Call of Duty rival. <laughs> uh, I just don't think that would really work out. I'm quite happy with doing, you know, these uh, sort of little little platform games that people can, you know, play and download and play over the course of a, a weekend and, and hopefully, yeah, have a good blast playing them. Um, I've got no ambitions to create this like giant studio with loads of staff because I, I think that would be a nightmare. <laughs> um, can I can I ask you? Do you do everything yourself? Do you do all the music, the graphics, the art? Uh, I, I don't no, actually do everything myself. I mean, the, the the size of the game is yeah doesn't involve too many people. I generally work with someone else for the artwork. So yeah, as a, a friend of mine at um, Fat Cat Comics did the the artwork for Gateways Guy at Embry Design for doing Shuggy. And um, yeah, music and sound effects, I don't do them either. I tend to get a contractor in to do that stuff. So you basically do all the main coding? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm basically a coder, I suppose. And, and ideas. Yeah, level design and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, obviously the the general driving force behind the games. Yeah. So what what's your favourite thing about making games then? Um, I think the, the favourite thing is just creating this kind of little digital world that you know other people are going to be exploring and investigating it's just it's quite a a strange feeling to you know actually create stuff that people are then going to enjoy and discover you know put little tricks in there that people are going to have to discover and it's just nice to think of people actually playing the game um i mean people make loads of stuff and you know like minecraft and things like that and you know if you're just thinking of doing that and then having you know thousands of people actually coming and, and playing it and exploring it and stuff. It's just a really cool feeling. What what sort of games do you like to play then? So what are your favourite games? Well, I certainly, I don't, I'm not really too into the sort of, yeah, triple-A blockbuster things. I've, I've played, I tried playing the, the second Call of Duty or whatever it was, one of them, and just thought, I, it's, you know, it's much the same as most games where you run around and shoot people. So I tend to play quite a lot of indie type games. I mean, I have, I've mentioned Minecraft there, I've been Sadly, getting into that again on the the Xbox for the Xbox release after having played it on the PC. We played before that. I played Vessel recently, which was on Daily Deal on Steam. Played there. Uh, could play quite a bit of uh, Trials Evolution, which probably isn't really a, an indie game, but um, yeah, mostly kind of download titles, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think you know we talked about this slightly before we we started recording. I I, I sometimes feel that the uh, most creative stuff comes out of the indie games. You know, I played Fez recently. You know, and I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not overly keen on Phil Fish uh, very much as a as a character or as a person. But you know, there is no denying the creativity that went into that game. You know, it's a it's a very interesting game to play. 
Yeah, I've to be honest, I've still to play phase. I've I've downloaded it, but I've been sort of holding off. I've been quite busy with releasing the shuggy and way stuff so yeah i've been kind of thinking right when it all dies down i'll i'll give fez a shot and yeah i haven't read the the stuff recently but the the save game issues gonna hold off a little bit longer as well uh i'll, I'll wait for the next update when they've sorted all that stuff out yeah that's always a trouble with these uh big games i guess you know there's always that risk that there's going to be bugs i mean how do you go about getting rid of bugs in your game do you do you find a lot or are you are you fairly good at coding uh, yeah, no, all my games are completely bug-free. Uh, <laughs> no, un- unfortunately not. Yeah, there's, any game is going gonna, is gonna to have uh, a load of bugs coming up. Um, it was probably a lot easier on the Xbox, because on the, the Xbox you've got fixed hardware. Uh, I mean, everyone out there has got the same Xbox, you know, it's the same yeah. graphics card on there and stuff. But yeah, releasing a game for the PC, uh, it just opens the, the floodgates. There's all sorts of stuff. Um, lots of different configurations and things. Um, XNA abstracts away quite a lot of that kind of stuff. It's, it's a pretty good framework for uh, developing with. But there's, there's always going to be issues with running stuff on the PC, which is what I've found, really. So, yeah, as things come up, basically, yeah, you just got to, uh, got to try and sort them as, as quick as you can. Thankfully, with Steam, I can do updates from myself, from the office here. I don't need to actually get Valve involved at all, which is, is quite a different story to releasing something on the Xbox. Yeah, even on the even on the X and A, it takes a while, doesn't it, to to go through quicker than obviously Xbox Live Arcade. But I believe you've still got to put it up yeah. to get approved again, etc. Yeah, it's got the uh, like the the thing we were talking about earlier. The people put games up for playtest when you're actually yeah. ready to release them. You got to put them through peer review, which is yeah, similar idea. So many people have got to review your game. I don't know how many it is like six or seven or something. So yeah, you can put a game up, and yeah, I mean it can it can just sit there forever. I mean people just might not review it. Uh, there's kind of a, an unwritten code within the uh, the developers that if you review someone else's game, that they should review yours as well. You know, if someone reviews your game, you should review theirs, kind of thing. So it's kind yeah. of a way of um, of getting people to to review your game and actually get it through the process. It's really interesting talking to you and getting a little bit of an idea about the process. And, and it's interesting that you started off working at Rare, which was obviously a, great, a big developer at the time, I'm guessing. Yeah, uh, yeah what, it was before Microsoft took over. It was in the uh, back in the Nintendo days. So what game were they developing at the time you were there then? Uh, well, I was on the Game Boy Advance team, as it was in the time. Well, I suppose I was kind of on the uh, it was a game called Diddy Kong Racing which I think eventually got released as a completely different game. I think the game I worked very briefly on got canned. But yeah, I think the game came out in like 2008 or something weird. I got, yeah, something else entirely. But yeah, mainly I, I was working on tool development. I wasn't even working on games. Right. So it sucked. Yeah, so you were just like, this isn't what I want to do. Yeah, you go to a games company to work on games, really. <laughs> but I guess you've got this romantic notion in your head of what it's going to be like, and then sometimes I guess it isn't what you think. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I've uh, At the time, I mean, Rare was like, you know, this massive, you know, games company. They've been doing Banjo-Kazooie and Perfect Dark and Goldeneye and stuff like that. So it was like the place to work in the UK. So, yeah, starting there, I was I was over the moon. It was, yeah, I thought this was this is brilliant. Yeah, sadly, the, the reality uh, didn't quite pan out. It had some very bizarre rules there as well. Like, it's quite difficult to imagine now, but people at their uh, PCs didn't have access to the internet. There was like one internet machine which you could go and, and actually use right. to go on the internet, which just seems mental now. Um, but yeah, that's how it was. It was you were obviously it, worried you were going to waste time on the internet. Well, uh, that, that's exactly it, yeah. But uh, we didn't. We wasted time playing Counter-Strike instead. Uh, nothing wrong with that. <laughs> 
Um, so do you want to give out, before I let you go, give out a bit of information about where you can be contacted, you know, email addresses, websites, etc.? Um, yeah, well, I mean, if you want to uh, look up information about either of the games, uh, you can find me on www.smudgedcat.com. And that's everyone always thinks Smudge Cat as well, but it's Smudged Cat. A, there is a D in there. But uh, yeah, if you do a Google search for Smudged Cat, you'll find it. Um, so yeah, Gateways is out now for the PC if you want to give it a try. Um, and Shuggy also out for the PC. You can get it on Steam or get it on Live Arcade. There you go. Anything else you'd like to say before I let you go? Nope, I think that's probably about it. Well, thank you very much for joining us and giving us an insight into the games you've been making. Yeah, just out of interest, actually. I'd never asked you, but um, what have you got planned for the future? Have you got anything planned that you can let us know about? I've, I'm not starting work on any other games at the moment. I'm sort of seeing how things go, I guess, with, um, with Gateways and Shuggy just being released, uh, just released this month. So, yeah, I'm seeing how things uh, pan out with that and then sort of, yep, decide on my next steps. Maybe a, maybe a sequel to Shuggy, maybe something else. I, who knows? Okay, well, thank you very much for joining us, and uh, I'll let you go. Well, thank you for having me on.